0: Good evening. Good, evening. Good evening. It's uh, great to be with you this evening, and to uh, get the opportunity to share with you guys uh, one of the ministries that we got to really emphasize this summer. Our vacation Bible school was called Bearing Fruit Farms. Uh, you might have noticed the tractor out front and the tractor on the stage at one point, and it was a, it was a really great time. Uh, we had seventy seven kids registered, and we had about sixty volunteers. So. On any given night, there was a lot of people. Sarah says I shouldn't try to guess the math work on the spot, so I'm not going to try to add those two together in front of you. Um, During this VBS, we focused in our teaching time on fruit. So our first day, we talked about the fruit in the garden, the fruit that Adam and Eve took that God told them not to eat. We talked about how we had lost it all. On day two, we looked at John 15. We talked about how we bear fruit. And it's through Jesus that we bear fruit, by abiding in the vine. Now on the third day we talked about the spiritual fruit that we bear through Jesus. And that was the fruit of the Spirit. Which, if you came to VBS, you know it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You have to do it that way. It's a rule. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun to see these kids really understand their memory verse, which was out of uh, John 15, verses Paul 4 and 5, and these kids memorized it in, in just the three short days, and so it was really um, an incredible time to uh, be able to plant seeds and water seeds in the lives of these kids, but also it, we, we really feel like VBS is an opportunity for us to encourage and disciple one another as we serve the kids as well, so it was a lot of good opportunities to learn and, and encourage one another as well. Um, so what we're going to do in this presentation, I'm going to have Annette Peterson come up and she's going to share uh, her experience from Vacation Bible School. And then as she comes down, we, we have, sorry, I'm, I just got back from a missions trip. My language has not yet come back. Um, then we'll have a, a video wrap up from Vacation Bible School. Then I'll come up and, and pray once again and we'll continue on with our, our service. So Annette, why don't you come up?
1: You know, I'm used to working with little kids, so you guys are more scary. <laughs> but I, when I heard that uh, they were looking for somebody to give a testimony, I, this year was, sorry, that last song just of hit me really hard. Never once, never once does he leave us alone. And that was the way Vacation Bible School was this year. You could tell from the very beginning that God was there, and He was interested in all the small, little things that we thought—you know—we kind of make bigger ourselves. But you know what? He was interested in all of that. Uh, another reason I love Vacation Bible School—I mean, like I said. I work in Sunday school every week, uh, four or five six year olds. I work every year in cubbies, three and four year olds. But in vacation Bible school, I was able to, I kind of asked for something out of my comfort zone, and, uh, and I was able to be with the fifth and sixth graders. And for the last two years, and Sherry Lawrence kind of helped me out last year, but she wasn't there every night this year. <laughs> so, uh, but God was there, and that was the exciting part. We only had five, six boys, but you know what? It was an exciting time because they participated. They got involved. They knew what their verses was. And even the ones that said, I'm not going to sing and do all the motions to the songs and everything. They were the first ones in to go say the verse to Paul and Aaron. And he knew that verse. He knew it. And now it's in his heart and his life. Abide in me and I in you. That's what our God wants us to do, is to abide in him. Well, you know, one thing I really liked was this leader's almanac. And it is beside my chair every night and every day. And, but they had a, a leader's devotion that you could do at home. And most of the time I probably wouldn't have done that. But we had just come back from a very long trip, 4,800 miles, and we had seen the mountains, the valleys, the all the animals, and saw how awesome our God really is and what he provides for each one of us. And I guess maybe I was still on that mountaintop. I don't know. But then we got here to... Uh, to every night, and the songs that we sang pointed us to God. The uh, verses that we learned pointed us to God. The snacks that were made, those ladies did uh, the goodness of their hearts because they didn't know how many kids was going to be there. There was times that I was told there wasn't going to be enough snacks but somebody brought those snacks in. Did they know that we needed those snacks? No, but God did. God is interested in the little things. And Pastor Dan doing all of the uh, Bible studies, it was great because these kids asked questions. At least they did in our group anyways. And uh, then we would go and we would discuss what We learned, and they, it was just a great experience to know that, you know, we're only here for that week, but this church is here, our Bible is here, our God is always here, and that's what I really, I'm keeping this short, I know. But that's my experience. Thank
0: you. Amen. Will you pray with me as we pray for our Vacation Bible School ministry? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the ministry that you have given this church, to this community, to this body. And God, we think specifically this evening for Vacation Bible School. Thank you for the leaders who served, spent hours and hours running around, corralling kids, planning snacks, crafts, games, motions. We thank you that the gospel has so impacted their heart that a sacrifice of time and energy is not too much. Lord, we are thankful that we were able to plant seeds in the hearts of these kids. Lord, we are thankful that we got to water the seeds in the hearts of these kids. God, we pray that one day you would bring these seeds fruition as a father I am thankful that my kids got to go to this vacation Bible school so that they might know the love that this church demonstrates to the least of these God we pray out of great gratitude for what you've done for us that this ministry we have would continue to grow and flourish in this church In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Thank you, Dan and Annette, and uh, as Dan said, all the leaders uh, that make it happen. I don't know, Tim, I think maybe you and I need to sign up for Vacation Bible School next year. I, uh, I miss it a little bit. So, uh, And as, uh, as Pastor Tim mentioned, uh, we are, uh, are, in our evening service, we're trying to build together uh, the body-life unity uh, that we think will serve us well as, as the body uh, of Christ and tonight 's passage we 're going to look at in Ephesians chapter four, just verses one through three, It uh, is a perfect fit for our one another series right we 're spending time purposely as the people of God to to look at Scripture calling us all of the one anothers that we 're supposed to uh, do with and for uh, one another and, and, and develop the god honoring relationships that He has given us here in this local body. And, and you see, the sweetness of the local body of believers when, when, when we're practicing these one-anothers together is such a beautiful thing. So, so there's no denying, unfortunately, though, that in our culture, sweetness and kindness are not the emotions of the day. And unfortunately, we have a culture that is increasingly growing hostile to one another. And we're still 16 months away from a presidential election. But unfortunately, I'm not just talking about politics here. Perhaps you've seen clips on the internet of youth sports and, and enraged fans or parents you know, belittling and attacking uh, referees and umpires. Or, or maybe you've been involved with a negative Facebook or Twitter or Instagram interaction on the internet or maybe you've read the comments on a on a youtube video social media post or some other uh, kind of post by the way this is just free advice never read the comments (laughs) never spend time reading the comments on a youtube video just don't you might lose your faith in humanity And if you're reading a Christian post, you might lose your your faith in your brothers and sisters in Christ to try to get along uh, on the interwebs. Uh, But unfortunately, it's not just the world out there. It's not. Perhaps one of my most depressing and concerning observations recently uh, was a series uh, called Great Faith Debates by the Gospel Coalition. Uh, their goal was to create a healthy dialogue between believers in Christ on on topics that are debatable and, and Christians can have and hold different positions. Uh, and, and their goal was to model uh, godly, Christ-like, gracious uh, behavior to one another while having difficult conversations. And I was excited to hear this dialogue on some very difficult cultural issues. And uh, I think the debates themselves actually do demonstrate very well healthy Christian god honoring dialogue but refer back to the free advice i gave you a minute ago never read the comments because the debates themselves while gracious in the comment sections it started twitter wars and it started controversial name calling against one another so this series that was intended to to develop uh, the ability for believers in Christ to to love one another well and to graciously uh, talk about difficult things together instead uh, created controversy and uh, anger and bitterness uh, toward one another, and it, it just should not be that way. And so, while I can't engage with the brokenness of believers everywhere, tonight we have the opportunity to look at God's word and to challenge ourselves. So I hope that tonight's devotion challenges all of us here at First Baptist Church that that we should be different. And this is why we're also hosting a a Bible study called Challenging Conversations in the city park. Trying to encourage ourselves that we can and should and must, as brothers and sisters in Christ, be able to engage in these kinds of discussions in a way that honors God. Jesus we must be able to talk about even uh, difficult issues where we may greatly disagree with one another in a way that demonstrates love for one another uh, and and helps us to see uh, the the the, the the image of Christ in all of us. So 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 we can't fix everybody, but hopefully tonight we can challenge ourselves to be a little bit better at being able to accomplish these things. So let's look at our scripture passage together in Ephesians chapter 4. We're just going to be looking at verses 1 through 3. Where it says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would instruct us through your word tonight. We pray that that you would help us to dive deep into this passage of Scripture, challenging us to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, specifically as we look at bearing with one another in love. Father, teach us through your Holy Spirit, instruct us, rebuke us if we need to be rebuked. Challenge us to live a life honoring to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this passage of Scripture has one clear command at the heart of it. While there's a lot for us to take in, and there's a lot that we can look at and discuss, there's one clear command in this passage. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. No matter what command we're studying in Scripture, ultimately, it boils down to us living in light of the Gospel. Right? This isn't a, we don't have a faith that it is all about robotically doing and obeying what God has called us to do. We, we have a faith that should be overflowing from all that Christ has done for us. should be flowing out from us because of what he has accomplished for us in our salvation. The infinite blessings that we have received as followers of Christ must cause us to live differently. Now, we don't have a lot of time to look at it, but if you have your Bibles with you and you flip back a couple pages, you can look in Ephesians chapter 1, these blessings that that, that Paul is talking about. You know, we could, if, if we took time tonight, hopefully we would be able to spend hours just talking about the blessings. Okay, you name one, okay, you name one. We could spend hours just everybody talking about the blessings that we've received in Christ. And that's essentially what Paul does with the Ephesians a few chapters early in Ephesians chapter 1. We're not going to read all the verses, but I wanted you to flip there so that you can see some of the blessings that he is talking about. In verse 4, he tells us that we've been chosen before the foundations of the earth. And he also says in verse 4 that we are holy and blameless. And that all of this was done in his love, that God loved us enough to do those things. In verse 5, we see that we are predestined and adopted. In verse 6, we are accepted and beloved. In verse 7, we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness from sins. In verses 7 and 8, we see that we have, we have the riches of his grace abounding to us. Verse 9, that we've been made known, uh, that he has made known to us the mystery of his will. Verse 11, that we have obtained an eternal inheritance. Verse 13, we have heard the word of truth. And also in verse verse 13, that we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 18, that you know the hope of his calling. We are not hopeless. And also you know the riches of his inheritance. And continuing in 19 through 20 that we can actually know the exceeding greatness of his power. 15 verses in in a short little time that, that Paul just rattles off to the Ephesians believers. Know how much you have been blessed infinitely through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in light of those 15 blessings, it is important for us, though, to understand and not misunderstand the word worthy, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called. Because, see, Paul is not saying that we must be worthy of the gospel. Instead, he is saying that we must walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. See, Christ died for our sins to offer us the free gift of salvation, his mercy and grace. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it, and yet he has done everything necessary to accomplish our salvation. But because we have been saved, because he has bestowed upon us all of these amazing blessings, we are called to live in light of that, a life worthy of the gift that we've been given. You see, the rest of the commands in, this, in these verses flow from the command to walk in a worthy Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Everything else, all these commands that we see, flow from the fact that we should be living in light of the gospel each and every day. They put hands and feet on the command to help us to understand how that's supposed to look in our everyday lives. What does it mean, Paul, for us to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel to which we have been called? Well, thank you. He clears it all up for us in the following verses. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. In verse two, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The gospel message should cause us to be humble. Humility is a key piece of our walk, as we've already pointed out, because there's nothing that we could ever do to earn the gospel, or to earn salvation, and and it is a free gift bestowed upon us. But also, we have to remind ourselves that God doesn't need us. It's not like God in eternity past was going, man, that Chad is going to be so great. I'm going to make sure that he comes to Christ because I really need him for my kingdom. God does not need me. He does not need you. And yet, he loves us. But just because we've been called doesn't mean that that Jesus loves me more than others. So in humility, we realize that that there's nothing in me that caused God to save me. It is all of his grace, all of his mercy. So humility is so vital to us. And gentleness, we're called to to gentleness. God doesn't treat you and I like we are the nail and he is the hammer. He lovingly comes alongside us he gently rebukes us and corrects us he 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 demonstrates his nurturing love toward us and calling sinners back to repentance to him which ultimately leads us to that word patience patience that god is patient with us and he is not willing that anyone should perish but that we would come to know the saving grace of our lord jesus christ and our key verse that we're going to really focus in on bearing with one another in love so we'll come back to that in a little bit but it is one of the key parts of being patient is bearing with one another in love and the final command that we see in those verses is eager to maintain the unity of the holy spirit unity in the body is a result of walking in a manner worthy of the gospel to which we've been called it's, it's walking in light of the, the grace and the mercy that we have received. And, and that means that we must, and it's not just that we must walk in that way, but we have to be eager to maintain that unity. It's not just that we do it begrudgingly. We must be eager to maintain that unity. Doing everything that we can. And, and we must want to do everything that we can to preserve that unity and that bond that we have together in Jesus. But we're going to spend the rest of our evening really focusing in on that bearing with one another in love, as this is part of our one another series. So I want us to think about it this way. Bearing with one another in love simply means that it's a love that loves anyway. Bearing with one another means that we have a love that loves anyway. Bearing with one another means that, that no matter how we have been treated no matter how we have been wronged, no matter how much somebody likes us or dislikes us, we have a love that loves anyway. We respond with love that we've received from God, not in light of how another human being has treated us. We, We respond out of the grace and the mercy that God has bestowed upon us, not the hurt that another person has caused us. You see, Being patient and bearing with one another in love really are two sides of the same coin. Patience and and bearing with one another cannot really be separated. That's what it means to bear with one another in light of how they may act. But see, there are the other characteristics, humility, gentleness, and patience, they all are required ultimately for us to properly bear with one another in love love it 's not something that we can do out of the strength of our own loins, and we can bear up and do it. No, we must learn to to be patient and show humility and in gentleness bear with one another in love, love no matter what or no matter how we have been treated you see we 're not called to bear with those who are smart, talented good looking kind we 're we're, we're called to bear with. All of us. Yeah, I know when I said smart, good-looking, patient, kind, you're all thinking, yeah, that's me. <laughs> right? We never see ourselves as the villain of the story. We always see ourselves as the hero of the story. But the reality is, is that at different times, all of us are in need of others bearing with us. You see, that's why when we're called to love as, and to treat people as we would want to be treated, it, we always think of ourselves on the giving end of that. But oftentimes, in the body of Christ, it goes both ways. Oftentimes, we're also on the receiving end of people bearing with us in love. We're called to bear with all who call in the name of Christ. And verse 3 points that to that, that, that helps us to maintain that unity of the Holy Spirit in the bond of peace. And so that means that we bear with even those who are difficult to deal with, like me. It it means that we are patient and we bear with those whose life is messy. We, We bear with those who are hurting or emotionally unstable. We bear with those who don't deserve it. Because that's the gospel. I didn't deserve it, you didn't deserve it, and Christ has done it for us. And so we bear with all of those who are like us. And so this points us back to the main idea of the passage, like a flashing Neon sign. Our salvation flows from God's patience with us and his willingness to bear with us in love. If God were not patient with me, he would have judged me immediately. If he were not patient with you, he would have judged you the first time that you sinned. And not only does he not wipe us out immediately when we sin, but Second Peter 3.9 tells us that the Lord is slow. He is, he is or he's not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. He is patient toward you. He is patient toward me. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. One author states it this way. He says, bearing with one another in love takes abuse from others while counting and continuing to love them. This doesn't mean that we take actual abuse from others. There's no justification for verbal, physical, or emotional abuse. But it does mean that you and I must show grace to others and overlook when they sin against us. We bear with them in love. When they're responding out of emotions or hurt, we try to overlook that. For instance, if you're trying to encourage a friend or loved one to grow in their walk with Christ, you can't simply write them off if they respond poorly to something you're sharing with them. Well, I guess I'm done with them. Wipe my hands of them. No, I bear with them in love. I show patience to them. I gently come alongside them. If you're dealing with another believer and and you walk away, well, fine. Who cares about them anyway? The answer is you. You should care about them because God cared about you. We shouldn't walk away from another believer thinking, well, they don't matter. Because the reality is, is, is that if God treated us that way, we would be hopeless. So we don't treat them that way because they've earned it. They're just like us. They, they don't earn it. We treat them that way because of the gospel and because of what Christ has done for us. Walking in a manner worthy of the gospel to which you have been called means that just as God has been patient with us, we must be patient with one another. Paul shares a very similar concept to the church in Rome. In Romans 15, 1 and 2, we read, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. I love the qualifiers that that Paul adds to this same command to bear with one another. He says, if you're strong, if you actually love Jesus, then you're going to bear with one another. Well, they're just weak Christians with little faith. Yep. So disciple them. Help them to grow stronger and bear with them. Well, they should know better. Absolutely, they should know better. But so should you. So come alongside them and teach them and disciple them. Not to please ourselves, Paul says. Not to look good, not so that we can be right, but for their benefit, for their good, for his good to build him up. Bearing with one another is a completely selfless act because our God was completely unselfish when when Jesus himself left the throne of glory where he deserves to be praised and honored and glorified, humbled himself, to be born in a stable, to be born with, with the animals, to live a perfect life and to die on the cross, not for his sins, but for ours. That's bearing with one another for someone else's good, to build them up. And that means we must be willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. And we can't always assume wrong intentions when somebody does something that we don't like. We patiently bear with them in love for their good to build them up. Too often, even as believers, we're looking for a reason to pounce on somebody. We're having conversation with them, and instead of listening to another believer, I mean actually stopping and listening to what they're saying and hearing what's going on in their life, we're busy formulating our response or deciding how and what's the best way for me to correct their flawed line of thinking. I'm not truly listening to them. I'm I'm making my argument and all my counterpoints in my own brain so that when, when they pause, I can jump in and really correct them. That's not bearing with others in love. That's not treating people how I would like to be treated. That's not demonstrating grace that we have received from Jesus. It's not walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. So as we begin to wrap up this evening, I don't want us to misunderstand bearing with one another in love in the opposite direction. It doesn't mean that we can never correct someone, especially when it comes to important theological matters. When somebody is just dead wrong and they claim to be a Christian and they're they're, they're believing and walking in a way that is completely opposite of what God's word says, bearing with someone in love doesn't mean we completely ignore that. It doesn't mean we turn a blind eye to flawed theology. R.C. Sproul addresses this in his commentary when he states this. He says, One dangerous thing within the body of Christ is that long-suffering may be confused with indifference. Churches which adopt a liberal theology tend to be very tolerant of just about any form of behavior or theology. But when you get into a conservative Christian community where people hold the truths of Scripture to be precious, you will often find people ready to fight over every minor fight over every minor point of dispute in theology. Right? There's two ditches. We either ignore everything or we fight about everything, and neither one is proper. We need to be in the middle bearing with one another in love, graciously teaching and helping one another to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel that we have received. We've discussed that many times as human our human nature is to go to extremes. And we're not supposed to go to extremes, except for the extreme love and showing extreme patience with one another. You see, bearing with one another in love means that when we're trying to build one another up in the unity of the faith, and this can only happen when we're doing it in love. The word love there is the agape love of God the Father. That's the only kind of love that can bring true unity. That's the only kind of love that we can root our lives in And demonstrate, when we demonstrate the agape love that can only be found in Christ. It's interesting, that phrase occurs six times in the book of Ephesians. That God chose us in love. That we should be rooted and grounded in love in Ephesians chapter 3. That we should be bearing with one another in love in our passage tonight. That we should be speaking the truth in love in Ephesians 4. And that we should be building up the body of Christ in love in Ephesians 4. As well, and also in Ephesians 5, that we should be walking in love. As followers of Jesus, we are called to bear with one another in agape, in love. Because of the love that we have received through Christ, we show and demonstrate that love to others. Ultimately, you and I need to challenge ourselves. If we want to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, we need to understand what it means to be patient and to bear with one another in love. And that means loving others as God has loved us. And it is a high calling indeed. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the power of the agape love that that Christ is in us and indwells us with, we can do it. And it is how we are called to live. We are called to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Oh, what a testimony our church would be in this community and around the world if we would continue to grow in these areas and live out these simple verses in our homes, in this church, and in this community. Because that's the kind of love that the world is seeing less and less of. But it's the kind of love that you and I who know Christ have been called to boldly live and proclaim every day as we walk in the gospel and as we radiate the light of the gospel to all who see us. Oh, that we might live a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called. So this evening, we're going to continue uh, in fellowship at the conclusion of this service. And and even if you uh, were not planning uh, to go to that uh, food and fellowship together, we will have lots of food. We encourage you to join us. We are thankful um, that you have joined us. You just head down to the gymnasium. Uh, In just a second, I'm going to close us in prayer. And then we get an opportunity to go together and, and to live out the one another's. Not just here, but throughout the week, throughout, uh, throughout the coming months, we need to continue to grow in these areas and to proclaim the name of Jesus by how we love one another and how we bear with one another in love. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you that while we did not deserve it or earn it, That you lavished your love upon us. Thank you for your patience with us. Oh Father, even after we come to know Christ as our Savior, we continue to be tempted and fall into sin. We continue to choose our own way instead of following your ways. And yet you are patient with us. You bear with us in love. Oh, Father, thank you for that great love that we have received through Christ Jesus and the gospel. We pray that you would help us to live boldly in that love. Father, for those that are in our lives, that, that sometimes we can grow impatient with them. Sometimes we can uh, be, be frustrated by the messiness of their life. Sometimes we can shake our heads and, and just not understand why. And yet, you have called us to bear with one another in love. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do that. And Father, help us all to realize that many times we're on the other side of that equation. And there are others who are bearing with us in love. Thank you for this local body. We pray that you would help us to grow in the unity of the Spirit. That you would help us to practice these one another's as a body and as your people. And Father, that as we do it, that it would be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. That you would be honored and glorified. And that you would be praised. Father, now as we go to fellowship together, we thank you for the blessings of the food as well. Father, not just for our great salvation that you've given us, but you have provided everything that we need and so much more. So as we celebrate together your goodness in our lives, may you be honored and glorified by all that we say and do as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue our fellowship together in the gymnasium.